The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's going this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Talking Lives of Sports Talk. It is a Monday. If you listened to the show last week, you understand that we had a great time. Uh, Kevin even walked in and said, "There's no, there's no strawberries today. There's no, but we did have a uh, last Friday on the show, and whatever, and whatever your your favorite day of the week is, you just got to make that day that day every day. So mentally, you're having a good time. I don't know. You got to still go, even if you have work or whatever you have. But you, this is a Monday Friday day. Tomorrow will be a Tuesday Friday day. What's your favorite day? Every Alex, day. Alex in the every studio. Day. Every day is your favorite yeah, day. I think that's the right answer, there, isn't it? No, you're looking for the right Friday answer. I'm the, looking for Friday's the, the best. I'm looking day. for the truth. Friday, well, Sunday, about what six months out of the year, five months out of the year. Football season. Yeah, yeah. You know, Pat Tillman used to say every day was Sunday, so I, I think Sundays was his favorite day. I would um, assume so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy played lights out. Uh, we, if you listen to the show, like I said, we had Barter Works up there, Laura. We had God's Gardens Treasure. We had Karin. We had Sugar Rush Custom and Cakes and Treats. And then we had Brenda calling in for Armadillo. If you haven't been to Armadillo, you have to get out there. Uh, Alex haven't been yet. Mm-mm. But also uh, with the uh, God's Garden Treasure, they were they were gracious enough to link up the website. I, I checked on, I looked on the website, and the Kwame Foundation is up there. So when you go there and pay cash for this big weekend that's coming up, and not only just for February uh, 14th, not only just for Valentine's Day, but out throughout the years, their flowers, uh, talk to Karen, their flowers last longer than most floral shops or wherever you may get them. I used to be the guy who just go into, um, <clears throat> now I have a place to go. I used to go into like a fries or something last minute. And, <laughs> and they, 99. And yeah, and they sit at the door <laughs> and and she's right. They they are gone. They The next day, oh, not the next day, but probably two or three days, like they, they totally look different. So go to a... Uh, God's Gardens Treasure over there to talk to Act. Tell him you heard it on the show, or go to the website. Karen, uh, they will take care of you over there. And not only was she gracious enough to do that, but uh, Amber over at Sugar Rush Custom Cakes and Treats uh, did the same thing, which is great. So it does benefit the um, what I try to do for the foundation. There's a percentage that goes in there. She actually gave me more than she normally do um, with her foundation. But um, Karen did. So that's great. We get to raise money and do some more things for uh, the kids around the valley. Uh, I think you always start there first. You start with the kids in your own state, city. And then you work your way around the world, which is not what I plan on doing. Alex Clancy, 888-346-9144. We do have a show to do. Uh, so this is our Monday, Friday. This, which is, I think Friday is my favorite day of the show. Yeah? Because that's going to be the fun Friday now, huh? It's always fun Friday. No, well, it's not going to be like that. Yeah, I know. No, that was a, that was a lot. But I, I, I wouldn't mind the ladies coming in again. Um, you know, just you know, periodically. We we got to talk to business anyway. Um, Barter Works, Laurie. Um, I say God's um, 
God's Garden Treasure and Sugar Rush Custom Cakes. Reach out to those uh, to those ladies who's doing big things around the valley. Uh, they do. It is global, like we are global. We do have some sports to talk. I know Alex was fiending to talk sports last Friday because we were doing having a lot of fun. But we did have snacks and treats in here. Um, what's what's going on right now is what I wanted to bring up was the um, Marcus Smart incident. Marcus Smart, uh, point guard, shooting guard for Oklahoma State. One of the things I will say is, um, do I did I want to say, Bob Bowsby said in a statement, quoting, "Such behavior has no place in athletics and would not be tolerated." I appreciate the efforts of Oklahoma State Athletic Director Mike Holder in addressing this matter, and believe that this is an appropriate response to the appropriate action. End quote. That that addressing the matter is Marcus Smart getting suspended three games. I think that was the right suspension to give him three games. It was against Texas Tech. If you're not, if you didn't know, Marcus Smart went into the crowd after blocking a shot with 6.2 seconds left, uh, blocked the shot or tried to block the shot, went into the um, <clears throat> behind the backboard, went into the fan area. Uh, and he got into an altercation with a uh, Joe, what's his name? Joe Je- Orr? Jeff Orr. Jeff Orr. Got into an altercation with that and it ended up, it, it was more of a frustration thing to me. Losing these games, lost four of uh, five games, well, well, maybe four out of six games, but four in a row. Um, but he did push the fan, and, and that's fine. The suspension, I agree with. I agree with 100%. I don't think you should ever lose your mind and have to go into the stands and and talk to a fan or, or touch a fan. At the same time, I don't believe a fan have the right to say whatever he or she wants to do to any player or any athlete on the field because, you, you, one, you can't do what they do. You don't know the preparation that goes into what they do. You're not on that court. You, they're not out there slacking. I've never seen him slack. One of the first times I've seen him play was last year, and I thought he would come out and be a, a top five or top ten pick in the NBA draft. His loyalty to the Oklahoma State, he stayed because they got bounced out of the first round against Oregon, a University of Oregon. So he wanted to come back and, and probably take this team, his team, to another level or further into the, into the um, NCAAs, which I don't see they have the firepower to do that. I, I think they get in. If they get past the second round, they do have two guards over there. If you get past the second round, then they have a chance. But with that, with that team right there, I don't, he should have came out, in my opinion. But the thing I don't agree with was Jeff Orr, the fan, taking himself out of the equation as far as saying, I won't come to another Texas Tech game. Well, Marcus Smart didn't have the ability to do that. He he got suspended by the athletic department, rightfully so. You can't lose your mind. I know it's all through frustration, but you can't lose your mind, put your hand on the fan. But if that fan and Marcus Smart was walking down the street, and do you think he would say that to Marcus Smart? No way, no how, no way. And the situation has to be. I mean, he goes to the game. He's a super fan. He he loves, probably loves Texas Tech basketball. But at what point do you say that to a fan, I mean, to a, an athlete or a player who's out there giving his all, trying to win games, trying to take his team to the next level? At what point do you say something like that and think it's okay? Say something like what? You're a piece of trash. Yeah, well, well, first of all, I don't think he said that. You don't think he said he's a no, piece of trash? I don't. Oh. I think he, I think he said what was originally. What was the original? One? Uh, well, there was a racial slur. You think he was a racial slur? Yeah, I do. And I think, and I'll tell you, you what. How, how you? Um, and and that's and I was going to bring that up, but since it's, it's right, since you brought that it up, that was what was originally reported and then retracted. That's ridiculous. This is them trying to cover up whatever was said because you can't. <laughs> there's no there's no microphones right there. It's all he said, she said. Marcus Smart. If they were winning the game. 
it, maybe the racial slur thing. Like, if he attacked him, if they're winning the game by 15 and they're number one team in the country and he attacks them. Oklahoma, like Oklahoma that, State? Yeah, I'm just saying that. Like, and he attacks them. The racial slur thing probably would have stuck because he'd have no reason to jump into the stance. And I don't think, I'm not calling this guy racist or a bigot or anything like that, but Marcus Smart went, he, he went calm, somewhat calm. I know they were upset losing the game, but somewhat calm to <coughs> attack mode. So you can't go from zero to 60 like that without being provoked. Your piece of trash isn't going to do it because he hears that all the time. You really think it was a racial slur? I do. Personally, and that's, that's a big projection. That's a big, that's a big statement to make. I understand that. But, yes, losing five or six, four in a row, I understand that. Top ten at the beginning of the year. Um, I would, the one thing I will say, though, about this whole thing is that I'm happy it happened in college. He came back. This is when you make mistakes. This is why you play an extra year or two in college I, I because you make mistakes, and it's on a smaller scale. You're not getting paid. You you don't have a franchise on your back. You have a school that you play for. It's so different. Like this isn't if he if he was on his rookie contract in the NBA and this happened, he would have been gone. He would have been gone. Done. People are going to forget about this. He's going to do a lot of things to correct the situation. He's going to volunteer. He's going to do all these things, all the all the things that players do to rectify situations like this. If I was him, I wouldn't do anything. He'll of that. be fine. It, it depends on what kind of person he it is. It depends on what was said. Yeah, I, I, in my, I mean, it, I, nobody's I, I, ever going to know. And they, yes, it did come out somehow. It always does, and and when it probably should have come out right now because this is the issue. I thought of with the um, auto audio, he did say you're a piece of trash. What was it? What was more crazy to me is that if that was his wife standing right next to him, and when Marcus Smart pushed him, you would think Marcus Smart just killed that guy. Uh, and then she pointed like, like he was the worst person in the world. But when he was saying what he was saying, it was okay for her to hear and listen to it, and that's okay. But when he pushed him and defend himself, which he had no right going into the stands, right, uh, but that uh, agreed, fan, but that fan, but that fan has no. You, you can say what you want at these games, but they do. They are consequences, and he just found out there was a consequence. But he took it in his own hands, which Marcus Smart couldn't do in his three game suspension, which is which is more than enough. The next day he come back will be against Texas Tech, yeah. but Jeff Orr took it in his own hands to suspend himself from the game. Like, who cares? It's just another fan. What if he said, if he just said he, he called him a piece of crap, why would he have to suspend him? Why would he have to exactly. be out for the rest of the year? Uh, right. I don't know. But I'm just saying, but, but, it's, it's, but it's pretty shady. But athletes don't get that option. We don't get the option to say, well, I'm going to suspend myself uh, for three games because I pushed this guy. If he punched him, he would have been done, dismissed from school. So luckily, I guess, it was just a, a brush on the chest or whatever. But the way he pointed to Orr afterwards, the way he went over to the coaches and pointed at him, he was livid. You don't say you're not livid when the, somebody calls you a piece of crap. That's not what happens. No matter if you lose 12 games in a row and you're the number one team to start the year, you never flip the switch like that for something as minimally said as that. And I was going to bring up if it was a racial slur or not because I didn't hear it, but I did read all the uh, the uh, publications about he called him a piece of trash. And I think I'm using the word I think I'm using the word trash different because I think he might have said something else as far as trash, um, like a piece of S H I T. Yeah, maybe. But but going into that, but he, yeah. people know what that how to spell that. You could have just said it, but that's fine. Well, why would I want to cuss on the show? Well, uh, spelling it, spelling it. Like, some people can't spell. Look, kids can't spell. Okay. Anyway, as I <laughs> as I was saying, um, for this guy to take himself out of the equation, I don't think a lot of athletes get to do that. Uh, maybe the university could suspend. That's why Bob Bowsky, who is the uh, Big Twelve commissioner, uh, say this was the uh, right thing to do with Mike Holder, the athletic director for. Oklahoma State was to suspend them three games. Not three, 
uh, three game suspension was was warrant. Yeah, I, I mean that's fine. It's fine because I mean they're not playing great <laughs> talent the next three games anyways. But I also thought, let me say this too. I also think all that was built up. You, you say he went to the sideline, he was livid. Yeah, he's livid for coming back from being a top five pick. I'm speculating from being a top five pick uh, last year to maybe top fifteen. He still will be. He's no, he'll still he'll still be a first round. The guy can play basketball. But coming back, wanted to prove something, wanted to prove that, that this is a team, he could take them to the next level, uh, which is great. It's honorable. A lot of guys do Some guys do it, and they pull it off. Uh, you could think of the, uh, uh, the Tim Duncan, one of those yeah. guys, Peyton Manning, one of those guys coming back to finish their senior year when they can easily go pro and be the top five pick. Well, I mean, look at guys like Shane Battier, who aren't the most <laughs> talented. Battier. I mean, he played four years, and he's still in the league. Right. He has two rings now. Yeah. Uh, but I think that all that built up from – Last year, coming back, having the years that he's having, losing four in a row, which is hurt, hurt so hurtfully, and them they probably not making an NCAA. They sixteen and seven. They the seventh best team in the Big Twelve. They'll make the tournament. They'll make the tournament because all they got to do is win three more games because because of the Big Twelve. That here's why they make the tournament, not because of the, that's a great team or anything like that, because they play in a tough conference. And we say that same thing with the SEC when we have teams like. Florida or, or Vanderbilt, something like that, saying, well, they're playing against the best every week, so we rate, we rank them in high because of the conference. Oklahoma State will make the tournament. They are 16-7, and seven, I believe. <laughs> they're the seventh best team in the, in the um, Big 12, Kansas being number one. Because of the conference, because of the toughness of the conference, because of the talent in that conference in Oklahoma State right there, I think they make the tournament because of who they play. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's fair. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in these next three games when he doesn't play. If they lose by 30 each game, it's going to make his draft stock go right back up because it shows how important he is, how relevant he, how important he is to make that team relevant. So, I mean, I think it's a win-win for him. He made a mistake. He owned up to it. He was very mature about it at the end. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I let the, my emotions get the best of me. Fine. I'll take the punishment. I'll be back. I liked his, uh, you know, it, I which liked is great. that he wasn't reading anything from no. the I liked that he, it was a sincere. Obviously, uh, he's a war. cerebral guy. He wanted to come back to play for a reason. He wanted to come back and get better before he went to the NBA. He had, he had probably what? Let me ask 12, you this. $15 million waiting for him. And he's like, I want to get yeah. better. Yeah. But you know what? And and that can go that goes both ways. He wanted to come back. I, he wanted to come back and get better. That, that's that's good. Again, that's honorable. Um, as a person, as an athlete, you want to get better in what you're doing. But can't you get better with twelve million dollars sitting? There? I mean, it's a, it's but, a, grown but a lot man. of kids love college. I'm asking college. you this. I'm, yeah. actually, I'm, I'm asking you this. You go to school. Um, I think you go to school to make money. You where else would you go if you're not uh, specializing in anything? You go to school to make money. You have a talent that got you uh, a scholarship. Uh, you have an opportunity to make money a year before. So what, ten to twelve million dollars maybe sitting on the table for him? Would have been easier for him to learn. I understand the passion and drive because he ha- he obviously have that to come back, being bounced out the tournament the first first round against Oregon University of Oregon. I understand that one to come back and be better because he was only a freshman, so he has time. So why not come back and get better? But wouldn't you think? Would it have been easy? I'm asking you to take to go there, leave leave going to the drive, get the ten to twelve million, and learn how to play for some professional guys. Because it's Travis for is he doing enough as a coach over there? I mean, you know what? You're only as good as your players in college. You can only do so Co- much. College college basketball, I think, is pretty good. Yeah. Well, Tom Crean in Indiana was only as good as Victor Oladipo was, and only as good as as their big guy there. Don't they work I mean, both ways? I'm mean, actually that. What? 
Does that work both ways? Does what work both ways? You only as good as the next guy is or the next guy. You, when you can compliment each other, both of you guys are good for a reason. Nobody's just good by themselves. I've never seen. No, it. I understand that. And and coaching in college basketball is difficult. I mean, look at look at uh, Jim Beheim. He gets the best talent. They win all these games, and then they always lose in the tournament. He's only won one championship with in twenty five, thirty plus years. And eight, two, and three, and zero right now. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm not picking. Not that's an aside. But uh, <laughs> uh, Marcus Smart, I think that I, especially nowadays. Now it's he's kind of he kind of was mocked for coming back because everybody else is one and done, and then they don't know how to play basketball in the NBA. That's why the NBA is declining. We've talked about this a lot, so I think going back there is great. I mean, even if he tore his ACL this year, he'd still be a first round pick next year. I mean, understand the money wouldn't be there as much, but he wants maybe he loves college. Maybe he loves being at Stillwater. Stillwater, he he right? He Oklahoma can't State. love college. He's only been there for about eight months. Been there for a year and a half now. Eight months doing what? He's, he's I been, don't. He's on. I know you're a huge proponent of wanting just going, making your money when you can, and you don't. And so at least, at least, at least you, know you can why? ink it. You know at least you can ink it when, when you get it. Well, I, I, I even would if you don't to, deserve it right then. Right. I would. Yeah. But I would love to see guys win a national championship in on a collegiate level, whether that be. Um, football, basketball, baseball, whatever, and, and most players won't win a national championship in their tenure in college. Right, but I don't. Uh, what made him thought that he was going to come back and they was going to do that? I don't think that that had anything to do with it. I, I think it came back because you 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 mentioned one of the things, and I agree. If you can get better, I don't agree with leaving twelve million dollars on the table. There's no guarantees. That's, he turned his ACL up. That, there's not that twelve million dollars. That's anymore. a huge double edged sword, though, because you you want to. Get better. You want to actually become NBA ready and not just be a flash in the pan because nobody has tape on you besides AAU and high school tape. So that's, that's what good, I'm saying. That's good basketball. It's, yeah, but it's a big mistake that all these players are making. The, to what, so many players school? are making no going to the NBA too early just because they're getting a bunch of money thrown at them. And then the, what are you going to do with that money anyways? Well, there's no more. There's no you're more. You're going to buy a country. What are you going to do with all that money at 19 anyways? Well, if you if you got the right, if it depends. I don't. You know what? And you can't talk. Uh, you Kobe 12, and Kevin Garnett. That's eons ago. I said there's no more Kobe's Garnett's. There's no more LeBron James. I said if if you want these kids to go to school. Then you keep them there for three years. They just can't right. come, and right. and this benefits the school. This benefit this benefits collegiate. And I know levels. that bothers you too. It, yeah, it does because they make a lot of money. But we'll sit here and talk about this kid staying in school. No, when Kobe came in, when the Garnett and these guys came in, I don't know if they had even uh, veteran leadership. But Kobe hit. He didn't start right away. He came in and learned how to play the game. We still talking about Kobe and his seventeen year yeah. career. Yeah. We talking about Garnett, uh, Garnett, who had. Who has a ring? These guys putting their time in. LeBron James coming right out of high school. I don't know if there's any more of those guys. There probably is, but every five to ten years, somebody st- uh, come out and say, "Well, I want to go to the pros, but the NCAA and, and the the association, well, you got to go here." And this is why coaches recruit certain guys certain ways because they already know that you come in here, you want it done, you can go to the pros, but that benefits my school. You going to the pro? What's one year going to do? What's one year going to do? We've seen guys go to school for one year, and they the same guy from the AAU team to that to that end of his freshman year, go pro. But we've also seen them go pro, and they've learned a whole lot, depending on what team they go to as far as the veteran leadership. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Brandon Jennings is a perfect example. He went overseas. Yep. He got drafted ninth overall or wherever it was. And now in his, what, fifth year, fourth year, he's learning how to play basketball. He's crushing it in Detroit. But So that was his college, four years in the NBA. It's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and I, Learning on the job, I understand that. But Marcus Smart doesn't have the supreme talent. He has, he has the intangibles. He's not a great shooter. 
Uh, he's he great. was a better he's, shooter last year. Yeah, this, well, not, this year it's like, but he's great around the basket. Now he's got to take more shots. So this is when the percentages actually mean something. And he has he has the intangibles that people are going to draft him for. But he needs to cultivate other things that he hasn't cultivated yet. So that's what the second year is for. I think he and this is this is obviously to say I think he'll be a better pro than he is in college because he's on head last year and this year of college. So of course he'll have more pro years barring any injuries. I think he'll be a better pro than he is in college because he he has to be around guys who, whose livelihood is at stake. It's predicated on you being the best you can, coming into shape, working on your game. We seen a lot. We see a lot of games. I see a lot of guys come in, and they go from one guy to the next as far as being becoming a better athlete. You work on your game because yeah. this is this is your job now. And in college, you have two things to do: go to school and play your athletics. Not necessarily in that order. Not depending on the school. <laughs> depending on the school, go to go to school. Do what you're supposed to do. Fill your obligation. So I don't even know what the scholarship. I mean, you think schools save a lot of money, and then they make a lot of money because these guys, basketball wise, these guys go a year into the collegiate level, and they're gone. Yeah. Scholarships gone. It's I, like I think they can come back uh, if they want to go back to school. Worst case scenario, I think a lot, I will say this: you're able to come back, and your scholarship still holds up. But once you go pro, I don't. I don't. Once you, you go once pro, you hire an agent. That's once, it. Yeah. Once you go pro, I, don't, yeah, I know some 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 schools let you come back and finish up. It's now off season recruiting is a popularity contest. Calipari doesn't care. He doesn't care if they win. It, he does, you know. But now he's using the poor me. We're so young. You guys are. You guys are treating us like we're veterans. Well, you know what? Hang on to your damn players, and maybe people won't. People won't yell at you for it. Do, and it's like playing a video game. Like, I used to love playing NCAA football. I used to be the franchise thing. And the recruiting was the best part. That was the most fun. Playing the games wasn't part of it. It was all the recruiting part and the popularity contest and, and your draft class or your, uh, your recruiting class, what rank you were. Playing the games is the tough part. You actually know what your recruiting uh, yielded with, with your talent. And I think Marcus Smart was a flash in the pan, and he's got to get better. He's got to get better, and that's why he came back. Somebody put whispered in his ear and said, Come back, I'll, I'll I'll teach you how to get better but they before didn't. you go to the NBA. Well, he and I think is, is he having a Marcus Smart? Is well, it's like Cam Newton this year, really quick. It's like Cam Newton. His numbers were way down, but he is so much of a better quarterback than he was in his first two years. Even though his numbers, you know, were cut in thirds because he learned how to play football. And with and with what's his name with Marcus Smart, I think he's just because his numbers are down doesn't mean he hasn't learned more this year. Every second on the court, you're learning. I, if, if you're putting a lot in his head at one time, I, I think he should be able to have that. You can get overloaded. You're a professional athlete. You should be able to get that done. I don't think there's anyone over there at Oklahoma State made this guy better. And maybe he I, – I still, I keep going – as as I talk about him, I keep going to that pressure situation. Last week, uh, he wants to do the most. He came back for his personal reasons. Outside looking in, I think he wants to do the most for that Oklahoma State organization, um, college, university. And it's not getting done. I mean, they're 16 and 7. They play in the Big Twelve Conference. They're right outside the top twenty-five. They're right outside. Well, they have 16, votes to be in the top twenty-five. But you, but this guy a week before he was kicking a chair. But before he kicked that chair three or four times, he stayed in one place and circled around because his emotions was built up. And he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to handle it. This is just me looking at him. I'm not sure what he was thinking. But it looked like he was building in motion. He had nowhere to let his anger out, so he took it out on chair. Does this make him look like a sore loser? It makes these look, two things because this it, it is when depends they started on who losing. I am. It depends on who I am. If I'm that guy recruiting him, I say this, he has a lot of passion. Is that pa- and I watch him a little longer? Is that part? Is that passion and anger issue? Or is that passion a determination? 
You think it's like a Kobe anger? To be the, the best? Yeah, well, Kobe just, still just, wants to be the best. No, in the I understand. I'm not, I'm not comparing them, but I'm saying Kobe gets yeah. angry. Yeah, but, t- but it's because he wants to win every play. Right. He wants to perfect every play. And this kid, these are two things where they've been losing. I said where he has had temper tantrums pretty much. <laughs> I said this uh, during the season. I said Tom Brady got angry, but Tom Brady, he gets angry. And, He's and, earned and, it. And <laughs> nobody learns to anger. But. He 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 was pointing those guys out, and we and I've seen on the sideline where the receivers walk right by him because how he out out them in public. I don't never think you should out anybody in public. You take care of what you got to take care. Of. You are Tom Brady. You have you been to four Super Bowls. You won two, or maybe you won two. No three. He been won. to five, won three. Been to five, won three. Yeah, lost, the, five, lost the Giants last twice. Two. Yep. Um, but but I think that anger in Marcus Smart. It's a passion to me that he wants to do more because of everything I said prior uh, prior to this was coming back, wanting to take this team further than he took them last year because he felt he was the guy. He was a freshman. You can't put the world on your shoulders as a freshman. Uh, there's some guys that – there's some places, some people that want you to do that, but I didn't think Oklahoma State had the, the firepower to even get past the, the, Oklahoma, uh, Oregon last year, and they didn't. So I thought he was going to come back. And in your comments to be a better shooter, become a better player. I think you can get that with um, not that all professional coaches, because it is a buddy system, or guys that played that became coaches. Not not that they can always get you b- better, but you're around a better competition. You're around better players who day in and day out, uh, night in and night out, they're playing basketball games on the road. They yeah. they on the next the next city, next state, and have a basketball game, and they have to show up. I feel he could have got better that way and had $12 million. I don't care what he does with the money. Depends on where you come from, how you grew up, who you have in your corner, who you have on your team. Put that money away. I, we, I talked earlier about the uh, 76ers point guard. Deferred his money for three years. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. I think that yeah. should be a standard. When you Williams, come, yeah. yeah, that should be a standard when you come in. You're putting half of your money away, so... You're not blowing it. If you have endorsements, live off your endorsements because you can't do that. What are you doing there in Oklahoma State? You're living off a, a stipend at school, so your endorsement is going to be more than your stipend. You can live off that. You don't have that lavish because you don't know where you're going to be or be traded a year later. Yeah, my closing argument about this is that he loves basketball more than he, than he wants money. And that's why he came back. Probably and so. That's, that's, I think most, and that's got to be somewhat apparent because obviously he didn't take the money. He came back to play basketball. So I, I think this is a dying fad. This is a dying craze of people coming back and actually wanting to play basketball in college more than one year. It, it just is. And, and it's going to continue to be so unless the rules change. No, I think most athletes, I, I would go a high percentage of athletes, they love, the, they love the game more than they love money until they see things being done right, wrong. Right, and if you're a senior in college and you see money, it's different than being a freshman 19 years old. Hey, you're going to be the starting point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers and here's $15 million. It's a tough decision to make. Well, the, the way they recruit these kids now. They recruit them in eighth grade. It's, it's a strategic move. I put you in all Adidas. When you when you get up to your uh, college or your AAU teams, then that's what you know. You start wearing those things, and you go into the um, you go into that university that has Nike or has Adidas wear. So you want you want to you you want to go to that school because you've been brainwashed to do certain things. Yeah. Uh, but I think their passion is. I think they have more passion to to win basketball games to be better than to get the money because you can't take my national championship away from me. Now, do you think that his stock, his NBA draft stock, will uh, waver because of this? I mean, my follow-up question is because a couple – there's mixed reviews with NBA GMs, former and current NBA GMs that were interviewed uh, blindly, but they said – one of the guys said no, and then another guy I think was quoted as saying, you draft him for the intangibles 
and the tangibles get you this. So it's like obviously his draft stock's going to waver because the actual things that he's doing on the court are are diminishing. If somebody to me to, in with response to that guy, that's what he thinks. To me, I think if his uh, stock goes down just because somebody who just don't want to take a chance, most people are cowards, and we'll get to that uh, in the next segment. Most people are complete cowards. They they want to take the safe way out. Um, I don't want to take this guy because if he does does something do something on the next level, they say, well, you should have saw this in college. But if I'm looking at him to to draft him to the next level, I'm looking at his passion, and I'm gonna sit. I'm investing millions of dollars. In you, I'm gonna sit down and talk to you. I'm like, yeah. do, do we have a problem? Well, look at Rondo. I mean, it took Rondo. Like he was kind of a hothead in college. He was great for a couple of years, and now he's a problem in the locker room, and nobody wants to play with him. Doc Rivers left because of him, well, seemingly, and he's the only one in Boston right. right now. So, I mean, you don't you don't want to be a cautionary tale here, but also people don't care. I mean, Aaron Hernandez got drafted, and he had a couple things that were a lot bigger than this in college. In, in college. If you're a supreme talent, you're a supreme talent, and people will work with you to kind of put that at bay. I mean, look at Ron Artest. Ron Artest is still playing in the league. Yeah, but Ron, would you agree that Ron Artest got better as far as a, a person? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it's possible. He so, found something. Yeah. But he found something he, to believe in. He found another name, but he, he had got an alias. If you... um. If I'm recruiting this guy, Marcus Smart, I'm recruiting for what he does or what he will do. On the court. But I'm going to sit down on the court. But I'm going to sit down and say, ask him, you about, we're about to invest millions in you. You're not going to lie to me in my face. You, I mean, you can. Most people do. But I'm saying, <laughs> do we have a problem with your attitude? Because what I see about your attitude, I see passion, determination. I see a will, a desire to win basketball games. You're not at Oklahoma State. You're not doing it by yourself. You're in the pros now. We've got people around you, supposedly. We've got better people around you. You're getting better coaching. You're getting better. Um, you, everything around you has just gotten better 10 times. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I don't, are, I don't think to answer your this. questions, they, they, yeah, they forget. When you're, if you're a fan of him, you forget because he started winning. He's gotten better. You see, you see positive things moving forward from him. But if I'm, if I'm the guy to ask you a question, I don't think his draft stock goes down at all. Yeah. Well, it, unless his play g- g- continues to get worse, it starts getting worse. Right. I think he's playing fine. And they bring it up. Cromlock Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in the studio. We'll be right back. We'll finish off the show. We'll talk about, was it Michael Sam, uh, the defensive end linebacker at Missouri, coming out. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouye and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, welcome back to the Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. If you want to join the show, 888-346-9144. It's the number if you want to call in. Um, this is uh, Valentine's Week, uh, Friday the 14th. is Valentine's Day. Don't forget to go out to uh, God's Garden's Treasure or Customs Treats with uh, Amber and Karen. Who, uh, Karen does the, uh, the flowers, your florist arrangement, your florist concierge. Does a lot of things. It's all, it does benefit the uh, Kwame Lassie Foundation in some way. But more than that, you know, get your loved one something. Uh, I know Alex is, but he said he was getting something, but he's going to Monty's uh, Friday. Sounds like fun. I will be probably golfing. Uh, oh, boy. <clears throat> what's wrong with that? Nothing. Uh, golfing, yeah. Golfing is starting to get some calluses, huh? I'm starting to do what I like. Yeah. Do, doing me. How about that? Uh, anyway, let's get That's hot, Kwame. All right, let's do it. Michael Sam, Missouri's defensive end, player of the year, um, had 11.5 sacks uh, this year for the University of Missouri. What is he, about six, 260 pounds? What is he, six foot? I, I keep hearing he's a small guy, but he's six foot, but he plays reckless. He plays with passion, plays with intention, intention to get the quarterback. This guy yesterday came out and said he was gay. So here's the big news, and everybody's making an issue about it, that he's the, he's the first or will be the first openly gay guy to gay person to get drafted in the National Football League, so I should say gay guy, to get drafted in the National Football League. Um, and, and the thing about it is everyone knew about it. It wasn't a big surprise, but he just wanted to tell his own story. And I think that's great. If your story is going to be told, you be the one to tell your story. You be the one to bring it out. But when it came out, no one was really surprised, and I thought that was great. He got a chance to do that. I got. I, I didn't. I didn't think that there would be any. I, I knew there would be some backlash because some people are just ignorant. Um, uh, but the guy is who he is. He he made it known. He's been that way uh, from from interviews and since he was a young kid. He just didn't know how to do that. And, and who would you tell that as a young kid? Most of us might have had friends that were that way. That had been that way since a young kid, but we didn't know until we got older, become adults. Um, but he's not, he's not hiding behind who he is. And one of the things he said, uh, which I thought was great, and we need to adopt more of that, he said, this is who I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a college graduate. I'm African-American. I'm gay. Um, and I play football. The, the, the one thing about that to me, the two things was he said, this is who I am. Okay, good for you. That's great. That's great. Get it out, get it out front. But the next thing was, I'm a football player. I'm cool with that. You win, you win, you won games for this team, Missouri. Uh, I think they finished fifth, yeah, in the nation. So one of the best teams, one of the best years they ever had. What is the big deal with him coming out? It, it's, it's, 
there there are people on TV right now. Now, on a side note, I will say this: depending on who you are, they display you one way, and, and then they do it another way. That's a whole other subject topic for a whole another whole different time. But there are guys on TV right now that that are openly gay. Um, one of my favorites, Ellen DeGeneres, openly gay. Mm-hmm. We we're not making an issue about her who she is. We know who she is. She came out said. She she came out probably maybe the same way he did. She just opened it and said, "This is who I am." Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a little bit different, but kind of where, the same where? thing. Well, the oh, that she thing, does, but she that Ellen doesn't go in a football locker room. Well, yeah, I mean, and that <clears throat> so the timing I think was fantastic. Um, everybody knew, he said. I mean, everybody like his teammates knew. Uh, they sit down as a team, uh, tell us something about you, and tell us something that people don't know about you. And when it got to his turn, he said he's like gay. Team and building. then everybody's like, uh, yeah, we know, but thank you for actually telling us. You know, like, because that's, that's huge, especially in a locker room. He said he's been accepted his whole life with, with the Missouri guys. He loves him like brother. I mean, that's having that support, just innate support. People knew, and it just wasn't like it, he never got any real hatred from his teammates, which was fantastic, number one. Number two, he grew up in a small town in Texas. His his oldest sister died before before like right when she was born. Two brother and sister have been in jail. Older brother disappeared and w- and was uh, presumed dead. Two years like, later, they yeah. Like this dead. is this is a guy that came out of adversity, which I mean a, a, the understatement of the century. He's an African American, grew up in the South, and he's gay, and he's been happy with it his whole life. I think like, that that's was the so. Easy- it's fantastic. I thought that that was the coming from where he come from, his background and, and the things he he had to endure. As far as his family situation, coming out and saying I'm gay might have been the easiest things he ever did. That was nothing compared to what he could have been. Or, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you know if you're gay, just come on out. Some people, you come out when you feel like it's your time, or whenever you feel like well, some people never do, especially people, in this sport. But they die early because they be holding stuff in. Like I got a, they they hold a bunch of stuff in. Like um, not in this sport, and we get and we get into that that. To say that, to say say this, is that these guys he has to go into the locker room. So I'm trying to. I, I wonder if I had a guy like that on my team, I probably did, but I don't. I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I wouldn't have had an issue with it. I don't know if you're on a football team and you making plays, you're doing your job. Well, our common ground is to win games, to win, get into the playoffs. Hopefully, a Super Bowl. That's our common goal. What you do and who you are, that's your life. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that to be a problem for me if that was me in a locker room with a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, there are homophobes everywhere, in every profession, on every walks, all the walks of life. You know, it, but with this, it's men, quote-unquote, are looked at as, quote-unquote, weak by some people if they're gay. And that was one of the things that he was interviewed, asked in an interview. He's like, I had 11 and a half sacks, 19 tackles for losses, what part of that is weak? What part? <laughs> you know, we were number five in the country. We just moved to the SEC, and, 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 and we crushed it. I mean, Auburn, if they didn't rush for 500 yards on that defense in the SEC championship game, you know, it, things could have been different for them. They would have played in a better bowl. Now, with him, I think it's great. I don't. I think it's very Disneyland right now because it just came out. There's a lot of support, which is great, and I hope there is continued support. The draft hasn't happened yet, so we'll really see what happens, how people react to it in the front offices. This has nothing to do with the players on teams. This has to do with the suits in the front offices of who they're going to draft. Is this going to make 
me look like a revolutionary guy by drafting the first openly gay football player, or is it going to be a stigma? Is it going to be good attention? Is it going to be bad attention? There are a lot of things that these rich older dudes have to think about, or so they think, because it's going to be in the forefront of the draft. It's going to be where does he go? Number one, overall, and where does this kid go? Those are going to be the two storylines in the NFL for the draft, in my opinion. And I hope it goes away like the Manti Teo thing. We haven't heard anything since. Because we don't care. It's a story. You know what makes these these things? It's the NFL offseason, and we need something to talk they about. Need the NFL something to talk about, yeah. But it's just a story. My thing He's, is, my thing is, who cares? I mean, I, he, that, who, I mean, I, I think the same way. But that's who he is. We're, we're very smart guys, Kwame. You know, it's it's a little different with people that are more closed minded. Yeah, I, and and you propose you not propose, but another question was, you know, is this guy is is Michael Sam? Um, and because it's not a big deal to us because it's out there, how would you respond if that was your son? I'd be like, cool. His parents said, we knew and well, we I'm love just, you. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, no, I'm, no, of I'm course. Just, I'm, yeah. Because, I, most because people it's are my son. He doesn't care what his sexual orientation is. But most people son. are ignorant like that. They say, oh, that's fine. That's fine. But then when they come to their family, oh, heck, heck no. You can't be that. You can't be that. But they're hypocrites. I, I asked to pose yeah, a question. No, I pose a question because most people are... They have this one thing where it really don't affect me. It's a story how right. he's going to react in the locker room. Okay, now it's your son. So now how are you going to respond to it? And some people have a different way. Me personally, I have I have boys. I don't I don't I have uh, some sons that you know. If it's what it is, yeah, so I'll ask you. Okay, what what do you think? I'm like, how long have you been this way? I don't know. I mean, how long have you f- not been this way? Felt this way. Um, Why haven't you told me earlier? Is no, that the next question that you'd ask? No, no, because you know what? That comes out on their time. It comes out on their time. It's, it's, I support them. I support, I support Michael Sam like I support my, I would support my son like I support my sons now. Yeah. Um, he, he's, um, <clears throat> Michael Sam is, he, he is who he say he is. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's ballsy. I mean, this is, this is, but the NFL has this two, is unprecedented. They have two months. You were making a comment earlier. They have two months to get ahead of this. So those GMs, that cowardly GMs, well, you got two months to to, to uh, avoid the not avoid the press, but get it out in front of the press and get it over with. Because when you get him on a football field, he's a football player. Right. So now it, it, it'll kind of dissipate a little bit before the draft. Yeah, the draft like is the, in April. Well, and then uh, mind you, Jason Collins doesn't have a job still. The NBA guy that came yeah. out, he doesn't have a job this whole year. He had a job for fifteen, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years. So. You know, it's it, it's all it's all well and good when I mean he's not the best player in the world, which is fine. And so so maybe that's why. But he gets to go to the State of the Union with Michelle Obama, but he can't find a job. I heard that on the radio today. It's genius. He can't find a job. I don't know why. Maybe because his people... skills are waning, or maybe it's because he came out. Who knows? But it's just interesting that he didn't get a job after he came out. Isn't he six eleven or is he seven? He's foot? seven foot. He's, he's a big seven dude. Foot. Seven foot two eighty. And he's a big guy and can't play in the, in the NBA. And, and when that story, when he came out, that story is supposed to be the story is more so he's the first openly NBA who will be on the roster active, next year, active, active, active right. roster in the NBA. It drives me crazy. It doesn't drive me crazy. It's just it's a it's an issue that most people. Well, you can't blame some people because they come from another place and they never know. So when they see it, they don't respond to it. But coming from a place and never knowing, and then you find out somebody is gay. How can you respond negatively because you didn't know anything about it? Yeah. So you, no one ever sit down or sat down with Michael Sam who has an issue with him and say, you know, 
how do you make this guy feel comfortable in the locker room? How do I feel comfortable in the locker room? No one does. No one. There's not a guy, a lot of guys that would that's going to do that, right? Except some veterans who say, "Look, I don't." They're not going to say, "Yeah, I don't care." I'm just talking how I was talking. But a lot of he's going to come into this team, and as a veteran, I'm like, "You here now? Let's play some football." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. Actually, and that's what you have leaders for to kind right. of. So, and he also said, "I mean, this is true." With uh, he said, "You know, just because." We're gay doesn't mean that every, we're like in the locker room. That situation, we're not predators. Like it's not, and that's a common misconception that every gay person thinks that other. You see, like it's just like gay people don't want. They know who's straight it, and who's not. They don't want you. They don't gay gay guys and women. They they don't. They're not looking at you. They don't look. They don't want you. They know who they want is not you. And the fact that we're talking about this right now is shows how important still. This is, and we're not talking about football. We talked for two seconds about his stats in college, right? And now we're talking about is 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 it right that he came out at I think this it's time or not? Perfect that is he it, came out. Yeah, I mean, and, and but everyone knew anyway. So now, can we move on to where he's going to go? I'm not saying in this show. I'm just saying yeah. are people going to start moving on to where he's where he's going to go drafted, where his draft stock is, what Mel Kiper thinks, like Todd McShay. What are they going to think? What if they're both homophobes? Maybe they drop him. I'm not <laughs> saying they are, but you know what I mean. Like now, it just it's it's a mini monkey wrench into the plan of you know where he was going to go initially. Because some, I mean, he might drop. Let me, Who let, knows? Listen to this, Alex. Listen to this. Let me go back to 2003. SEC Defensive Players of the Year. Uh, Chow, uh, I'm sorry, Chad Lavellis, LSU, got drafted fifth round, 142nd overall. Next year, David Pollock, Georgia, first round, 17th overall. Uh, Demeco Ryan, Alabama, third round. I remember him. I mean, second round, 33rd. 2006, Patrick Willis, Ole Miss, <laughs> he's first good. round, yeah, he's good. 11th pick. Glenn Dorsey. Are these SEC defensive round. players of the year? These SEC defensive players okay. of the year. Um, Glenn Dorsey, first round. Eric Berry, first round. Both of Kansas City. Rolando, yep. Rolando McClain, first round. Patrick Peterson, first round. Morris Claiborne, first round. Jarvis Jones, Georgia, first round. And these are all top ten picks, the ones you're knocking well, off. Well, Michael Sam, is not, he's he's the SEC defensive player of the year. Co. Co, so. Uh, Co, so. Yeah. But... They got him projected going mid rounds. That's third or fourth. Was that when? When? But, what was that time stamped? Was that before or after yesterday? This was um, this was yesterday. Okay, this was yesterday. They got him going mid round. This was Mel Kiper and Tom McShay. Got him some guys I don't remember playing. They got him. <laughs> they got him going in the uh, mid rounds. And here's here's this dumb excuse I heard, and I wanted to bring this up earlier. Yeah. All the sacks he had eleven and five, eleven point five sacks, eleven and a half sacks. They say, well, he got him because he played against Florida, Vanderbilt, this, this, and that. You had to block the guy. He had a passion and motor. He could, going against those teams, some guys would take off, which would be sad in itself. You take off, well, it's just Florida. I don't have to go hard. Well, he made whoever he was going against better because he had that motor going all every game, all game, every play. So I don't, I don't like the excuse that, well, he got three against Vanderbilt. He got three against Florida. He got him. Yeah. So that put other teams aware that this guy has a motor. So don't tell me he has 11 and a half sacks and he just got him against these teams. They, these teams are in the SEC who we blow up all the time because it is a tough country. Right. On the, on the, on the flip side, Javion Clowney hits one guy in the backfield against Michigan. And, and then he's, he's, a he's first the greatest rounder. thing in the world. Yes. And he's like. And he, that has nothing to do with the game. I think that maybe here's the thing. SEC's defense was down this year big time. 
This is not. This is like Pac-12 defense. What we saw this year at times. Okay, this is forty-five. I mean, the Alabama Texas A&M game to start the year, forty-five, forty-two, whatever it was, forty-nine, forty-two. It's not SEC. So maybe the defenses have dropped this year. Yeah. There's no Patrick Willis. There's no Morris Claiborne. There's no Patrick Peterson this year. There's no secondary guys or no linebackers that are like that. Jadavion Clowney had an awful year. He's still going to go number two overall. So it doesn't matter where you go. I think that his draft stock, once looking at the tape and what he does at the combine, will show everything. Uh, um, so if he jumps up, he jumps up. If he stays the same, I, it was a down year for the SEC in defense. They just was. Let me say. Look uh, at the SEC championship game. Fifty to thirty-eight, or whatever it was, fifty-eight forty, whatever it was. I mean, that's a lot of. That's almost a hundred points but in no, an SEC championship game. Nobody's drafting um defensive back. I mean, not defensive back. Nobody's drafting highly defensive guys because they got to put points on the board. So it looks like that to us. I would like to see a defensive game. I would like to see a great defensive game, um, which I thought the Super Bowl was going to be. But no one's drafting. It was for one side. No one's. Uh, I say drafting, but no one's. Uh, giving scholarships to a lot of defensive guys because they want that fast guy who can make have a sudden change in a football game. So now it's in the business of putting points on the board because now our defense can suck like Texas did. When Johnny Mazzell was putting all these points on the board, their defense looked Awful. good. But then when he had to play in a football game, when they had to play in a game against somebody, you, they got exposed because they didn't have that points on the board where they can sit back and tee off. They gave you. Duke 35 points in the first half. Yes. Or, in the, or 28 points in the first half. Right. And that, I mean, yeah. Let me say so. congratulations. I, I, I do want to give two thumbs up to the Missouri football team. Uh, the way they handle that, uh, I think every locker room should handle that. But I, everyone comes from a different place. So I can't, you know, I can't tell them, well, you should be this way, you should be this way. You worry about yourself and you just hopefully this is not a big issue the next time somebody comes out. But the campus itself, everyone knew about, knew about it. It wasn't a big story to them. It's just when ESPN came on the scene, they made it a story. So this is all media and stuff like that. He came out. He's been out. It just came out to the rest of the world who didn't know. The guy's been out, but it's a story, and we here are talking about it, more so than his um, athletic ability. I think he's a earlier draft pick than the third or fourth round. I think he can easily be a second-round pick and be successful in the National Football League and they call him in between her. Well, what about Matthews over in uh, Indianapolis? He's a tweener. He played in a 4-3. Uh, Michael Sam plays in a 4-3. Well, they want to see if he can play in a 3-4. Stand-up linebacker. I think if he comes off the end, then he's going to have a long career. They're we'll see what his 40 league. time is. If, I mean, if his 40 time is stellar, he'll move up, especially yeah. in that kind of scheme. And, and he will be in the draft in April. The draft is uh, – not draft, but the uh, combines is next month. Do you think in sports we're now finally starting to turn the corner – People that are homophobic will be in the minority, comparatively speaking. And and I'm going to follow that with a, with a follow up question, saying every everybody that I've heard on the radio or read or anything, it's all positive. All of it is positive. I don't know if it's P, supposed to be PC or what, but it seems like in sports we're starting to turn. What a is corner. the guy? What is the guy? The news anchor guy, uh, white hair. Uh, oh, that narrows it down. No, I'm just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he's what are you he's talking about. I, I, I can't even think of his news name. News anchor? Sports news? No, no. He's not a... Tom Brokaw. No, he's not an anchor. He's a... Anyway, he's gay. Nobody... I mean, when he came out, it was just... It's, it's like, to me, it's a, I think it's a big deal more so because people got an image of their hair that that don't fit, that he can like a guy. They got that image of the hair that, that you shouldn't even have in your head because it's not your business what they're doing when they're together. Who? So what? That's them. But they also got the image in their head that... How's this guy gonna fit in the locker? I think the big story right, is absolutely. the locker room story. Mm-hmm. I think it's the 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 
the violent sport that football is, and you got a gay. His numbers, his, the way he plays, doesn't sound anything soft. He's a, he's a violent guy on the football field. He does what he's supposed to do. He gets into the scheme of the defense and he makes plays. I think the story really is, or should be, because it shouldn't be that he came out because he he's been out. But that's the story now. I mean, it's very fresh. But it so should we'll, be. we'll see how it how it transpires. Right, after. and it should be in a. It should. I think it is what it is now is how he's going to be in the locker room or how the locker room is going to accept him. Do you think we're turning the corner? That was my initial question, and I kind of went off. Do you think or do you think we still got some ways to go? I think, I'm saying in sports only. You know, uh, uh, occupationally centric in sports, do you think that we're turning a corner or just starting to get there? I don't think we're turning the corner at all. Do you think, a, so there's this, a lot of – This is a huge story for, for what? I don't think we're turning the corner. Because it's the first one. It's this not is, the first one. This is monumental. Yes, it is. This is not the first one. The in first football, openly – uh, Right, right, football. right. Yeah. The, the number one sport on it on this continent – Oh, maybe soccer. The number one sport on this continent, this is the first person to come out before he even gets into the NBA. The precursor of it is that he, is that he came out being homosexual. Yeah. So do you think that – I mean, the no, story – No, I don't think the, we're turning the corner on this because it's, it's So you think we, there's still a way to go with, with homophobes and everything like that? Yeah, with idiots. I Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. Goodness gracious. I couldn't think of him. Anderson Cooper. The girlfriend comes through huge. Smarter than you. Or me. I'm prettier, so it's good. Oh, uh, so you might. <laughs> I'm going to call you. <laughs> Look. Get out of here. Anyways. No, but Anderson Cooper. That's the guy, Anderson Cooper. He, he goes about his business. No, who cares? Yeah, he's big, too. And he does his he job. He does everything. He does his job. Yeah. As, and he's huge, but nobody makes a story out of it. We, we, won't, we didn't talk about it like we're talking about this. Maybe for a day. You know what it was? It was it was on the front page of this, front page of that, and it was gone. It was that Anderson Cooper. But you're talking about um, the the what was the basketball guy? Jason Collins. Jason Collins never having a job. Anderson Cooper came out, and he's older. So I mean that that might have something to do with it. That he's a veteran. And okay, well, it's I, time. I hope. Who, that's Anderson? What it is. No, 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 oh, oh. <laughs> no. Just because he got gray hair doesn't mean he's a veteran. Um, Jason Collins. He's thirty six. He's seven. He's thirty six. So yeah. what? How, I'm just saying. I don't know. He's seven foot tall. There's a place for him. He, right now, he couldn't do any worse than um, the crybaby in uh, Houston. <laughs> Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Get out he can't do any worse than him. But no, I don't. I don't think we're turning. To answer your question, I don't think we're turning the corner. I, I don't think because this. It's got to be a step forward, though. This not this, tomorrow. Somebody come out. We, we'll be talking about this. Oh well, Michael Sam came out. He's opening now. That opened the door for somebody else to come out, which would be great because. You shouldn't have to hide behind something right. who you are. But well, I mean, great. the whole thing about Kerry Rhodes that was kind of brushed oh, under the but, rug. But Kerry didn't come out. Kerry tried to say he wasn't, and that was – and I don't even know. Allegedly, I don't even know, really. This is, this is all – this is all I've read too. stuff. I know that this is kind of <laughs> – I know this is kind of close because it's Cardinals. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I understand that. But, yeah, no, I read some stuff about it, and, I mean, it's – But, but you know I, what? I know, Let me say this. word isn't always correct. Let I mean, me say this. But it's just interesting that there's different ways to come about it. And one's kind of accepted and one kind of isn't. If this guy did something uh, that we will say that's uh, gay or we use them silly words and we didn't know he was gay, then we, we, it, would, it would lead on to a big story. He openly came out, so if he did something, it's like he, that's who he is. But in Carrie Rose's situation, it was more so. Of course, so, we have to end the show right now. I well, want to talk. <laughs> his guy, his friend uh-huh. came out and just blasted him and said, yeah, we were together. We are a couple. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, we... Are a couple we this we that, and uh, Kerry just denied it. But when Kerry, he doesn't have a job now. Yeah, he doesn't have a job now. So well, I don't. He was know. kind of a punk at, with the Cardinals, wasn't a he? What wasn't he a punk at, with with the Cardinals? Did you say punk? Yeah, punk. Is what? that bad? 
Yeah, no. I think so. Really, punk? What? Yeah, like a, no, like a he was he kind like of he's a he punk rocker, super, like a punk no, rocker. I don't like know he wasn't super professional with the contract. He wanted more oh, money, he was and then a they're jerk. Like, so he was a, a jerk. jerk punk. I mean, that's, jerk and punk is not the same. Thing. It's not. Not we talking about a gay story. You say punk? No, punk. That's is that? I just a punk. He was a, I thought, he was punk a jerk. Was, I thought there was, was a synonyms. Head. Yeah, but okay, fine. He was a bonehead. Fine. I don't know. Yeah, he wanted more money. I thought, and then they released him. I don't know. Damn, that happens. Unfortunately. What the last thing I'll say is uh, fans. That's going to be the issue that because and talking about turning a corner, talking about in the NFL only. I'm not talking about the fans that fill the stadiums because there are a lot of idiots. Talking about Jeff Orr earlier, mm-hmm. who I think is, I mean, potentially an idiot. That could that could potentially be an issue for him going into the NFL on the biggest stage with people. What people say to him on Twitter and all stuff like that. We'll touch on a little of this all tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, the show is over. Quam Lots of Sports Talk. What happens Alex if we Clancy? just keep going? No one's listening. So? You run into somebody else's show. Uh, I guess you're right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks, <laughs> Jeff. I mean, Kevin. <laughs> oh, Kevin. February 17th, 10 p.m. Prov. Kevin Gasman. Gasman. 19th. That's what I said. February 19th. We must be off the air because he's talking. No. February 19th. Yeah. Gasman at 10 p.m. Prov. 10 p.m. Prov. Check him out. See us there. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.